to a meaningful marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million-dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real-life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello and welcome to Masonian Marshall, the Meaningful Marketplace. We are here weekly to discuss the journeys of female food entrepreneurs. We are glad you have joined us as we bring you stories of hope and inspiration. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. Sarah Masoni is still out on her epic road trip, currently stargazing in Yellowstone, but she will be back the week after next. We would like to thank our sponsor for supporting us and helping to spread the word of small women entrepreneurs. Let's hear an ad from our sponsor, Market of Choice. We want to thank our sponsor, Market of Choice, for supporting this podcast, Smithsonian Marshall. Thank you for helping us tell the stories of women food entrepreneurs. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of the Meaningful Marketplace because they believe in the power of local food entrepreneurs, so much so that they carry over 7,000 locally made, raised, farmed, and harvested foods in their stores. Their passion to help local makers, farmers, ranchers, and fisher folk realize their potential through programs and help them succeed. Thank you, Market of Choice. We appreciate your sponsorship. Well, we've been checking up with past guests for the last couple of months, and I'm so excited about today's show. I would like to introduce you to our guests. Please welcome Catherine and Matt, owners of Hitch Sauce, meaning heat you can handle. They are joining us today from Salem, Oregon. Welcome back, you guys. Hi, Sarah. Thank you. Hi, Sarah. Great to be here. It's so good to see your faces and have you here. Um, so last time that you were on the show, it was in December of 2019. So we were just a short couple of months away from the pandemic unknowingly. We were still doing shows in the studio and you guys came in and cooked us food and we got to eat your sauce and it was so rad. And then um, you were like kind of some of the, you know, first guests, like our last guests that we had in the studio. So I'm sorry we're not in the studio anymore. I can't see you and hug you and try your sauce in person but we're doing our best yeah (laughs) so so much has changed for you guys since the last time you were on the show so you like i said you were on december that was episode 25 if anybody listening would like to hear that original episode you can go back to it and listen to it so um, you can just find episode 25 on itunes Um, but let's talk about some things that have changed and namingly the biggest one, which is your name change. So I want to make sure that people, um, that maybe if they were connected to you before can find you on Instagram and online. So let's first just say where to find you. And then we'll talk about why you changed your name. Yeah, perfect. Um, people can find us online. Honestly, it is a little confusing because we are calling everything hitch H Y C H, which stands for heat. You can handle However, our social media handles are at Heat You Can Handle on Facebook. It's all spelled out, all four words, at Heat You Can Handle. 
Everywhere else, it's heat, the letter you can handle. So that's really like the mission behind our sauces is making a lower heat flavor. So we kind of went with that instead of hitch sauce. Um, and also because we do more than just hot sauce. So we were going with the full heat you can handle. So that's where you can find us all over. And then our website is heatyoucanhandle.com. All the words all spelled out. Perfect. Well, we'll make sure that people can connect through our Instagram as well and find you. But let's talk about when you changed your name and the reason why. Great. Um, Matt, would you like to chime in? Sure. (laughs) Hi, Sarah. Um, Hi, Matt. Well, we changed our name uh, in January of this year. So 2023 was when we made the switch. We knew for a while that we had to switch from Haas Sauce to Hitch. Well, we knew from hot sauce to something. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, finally, it was just time to make it happen. And and we looked forever for um, a name. Like, we had been looking, like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And finally, we, um, I mean, it's been sitting right in front of us the whole time. We When we started hot sauce, we trademarked the tagline, heat you can handle. Oh, okay. Um, so we, all, we always had that trademark. And, yeah. Um, and we we struggled with figuring out what we were going to change our name to until we're like, why why don't we just do heat you can handle and abbreviate it? H Y C H has hitch, and that associates with our um, hitch a ride to like different countries to our travel component. Yeah. Um, so it seemed to fit perfectly, and I can't believe we didn't see that sitting right in front of our nose. <laughs> Well, that's perfect. It it all aligned and you found what you needed to change it to. Um, So you're our first guest that has, because it's kind of like, I mean, when you change your name, you're sort of starting a new business because you have to change everything, right? So you have to change your website, you have to change your trademark, you have to change your packaging, all of that stuff. So you're the first people that have been on the show that have done that. So let's talk about the ins and outs of it what what did you not think about that you think other people would need to know and what was the most challenging and just how's it going in general sure i would say the thing that we didn't think about right out of the gate was trademarking our name hoss sauce so i would recommend anyone who's starting out we just didn't because we thought well we don't know if we're going to make a real business out of this or not but um you know just be aware if you go to the uspto database and search You have to um, look for things that sound like your name. They don't have the exact same spelling. That's where we got stuck with a barbecue sauce in a big chain restaurant on the East Coast that sounds like Haas sauce. So (laughs) anyway, um, let's see. As far as the rebrand goes, we originally kind of had this vision of going a totally different direction, like um, getting rid of all the black, getting rid of the flame, doing like this global vibe for travel with our sauces because we focus on world flavors. We went eight months in that direction before we realized when we kept showing it to our customer base and they're like, huh, okay. Like, I don't really see you guys in that. You know, we're like, okay, we liked it, but we decided um, this is not the right step. We really, after five years, didn't want to lose the customer base that we've built up. We want them to recognize us. So we went back to black. We kept the flame because we are hot sauce, even though we're lower heat. We kept the font that we have had this whole time. So we tried to tie in some of those elements. And also we talked about changing the names of our five flavors because they are a little bit exotic and and difficult for some folks to pronounce like guajillo, bibimbap, tamarind. A lot of people are um, 
maybe that's a barrier sometimes. But we thought, well, a lot of people who know our sauces know our flavor name. So we don't want to be changing to Hitch and changing the look of the label and also changing to a different name like Mexico City or um, we thought about going with like place names for the flavors. Names, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I would say if you do have to do a complete rebrand, try to incorporate as many original elements as you can into the new look. Um, other things are... I would say um, I th- if I had to do it again, I, I wouldn't have waited. Like it's a real journey. Like it's a long, mm. it takes a long time. It took... Um, about four times as long as we thought it was yeah. going to take us to do um, this whole process. And uh, I would say that, um, you know, you really don't know what the end product is. You just need to start on the journey and start moving towards that goal. Um, and things will fall into place as you as you go along. Uh, but we were really nervous about this whole thing. And we had been thinking about it for a long, long time. And um you know, I just uh, I think we could have saved some heartache and headache had we just uh, accepted our fate and, and got into it um, yeah. uh, right away. We sat on the fence a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's hard to make those kinds of decisions because you had done, you know, you had had your business for quite some time and you're used to all of that. And you think, what if nobody follows along on this journey with us? And so I think it was really smart of you to go to your existing customers and say, hey, you know, this is what we're thinking because they know your product and they are, you know, of course, your target market because they're already buying from you. So I think it was good that you talked to them and then listened to their feedback because I think the way that it turned out, it all makes sense. And I think that, um, you know, I'm sure all of your customers were able to follow you and still, um, you know, know that they were getting the same great sauces from you that it was just like a name change and not a, a total switch. So I think you guys did a really good job switching it over. Oh, thanks. Yeah. 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 We'll have our original domain name. We're keeping that for a year and bouncing traffic. We got all, yeah. the- all of that stuff takes like a year of reminding everyone. And yeah. yeah. But the SKUs, we didn't change the SKUs, you know, for retail. We didn't change the tax ID. So that's actually been fairly easy. Yeah. I think, um, you know, communication with the retail outlets is really, really important to mm-hmm. way ahead of time before this uh, this change happens. You know, you need to reach out to all your retailers and say, hey, guys, this is coming. Send pictures um, and then make a plan with them on how the transition is going to happen. Is it going to happen all at once? You're going to pull everything off the shelf and put in the new. Um, what we ended up doing with with the more local retailers like Market of Choice and New Seasons was uh, we um, we sort of folded in the product as they ran out of product. We brought in the new one, like because we have five SKUs, right? So we'd bring in the, one of the new ones. And so it would sit on the shelf with the old look and the new look together. And that was really, really, I think, um, kind of those stores to allow us to kind of do that mm-hmm. um, instead of being like, well, let's pull it all off and and then you and then you're left with all this old product. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think uh, you know, it's just another communication lesson which is so important in, in all of this is just to be on the phone and talking and, and informing people of what's going on. Yeah, that's key for sure. Well, and I think last time um, you guys came to visit us, you had just brought your new prototype for your gift box. You had just gotten that. So it was kind of, you know, an exciting time. Um, 
So then as far as like repackaging and rebranding, did you stick with your same bottles? So you were able to use that same style of gift pack. So you still have that. Yeah, yeah. It took us um, about a year to redo the actual gift pack. So what we did for the interim when we weren't quite sure what the new logo was going to look like, and we ran out of the hot sauce gift packs, we just went with the same shape. We had our printer run them just on craft paper with no printing on the box. And then we printed stickers. (laughs) We had hot sauce stickers for a while. And then we had um, Hey, you can handle stickers while well, we were in transition, but we still wanted to offer a gift pack, not in retailers because it didn't look that great. But um, yeah, we were just putting stickers on at the top, you know, so uh, but now we've got the brand new ones and they look beautiful. Also, I would just say budget for a rebrand because <laughs> you have to redo everything, all the labels. Um, we built our website ourselves, so that did not cost us much money at all. So that was good. Um, cat, but- cat built the website <laughs> well <laughs> skills. That makes you you both make a great team and actually since i've seen you you guys got married since last time so congratulations i haven't seen you Thank since you. then yeah, we're both now it's very exciting yeah. we simplified one part of our lives yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so fun and matt i've been seeing you on your instagram um So I think during the pandemic, you were teaching some classes maybe online, right? As a way to kind of get through. And I noticed you got a lot of cool video equipment because you've really upped your video game and you're putting out all these really great cooking content videos. I just saw you making some bacon where you're coating it with sauce out on the barbecue. And it looks like you guys are just having so much fun traveling around and cooking and making cool videos. How is that um, piece of the business going? Well, yeah, great. You know, we have this grand plan for this year to do a YouTube channel, which we've never done. And I'm like, oh, no, all our video content is vertical. We have to start getting horizontal. (laughs) You know, I know you do a ton of video and and cooking classes and stuff, too. So we're getting there. Um, Yeah, Matt was offering the the virtual classes, which really Mm -hmm. were a hit during the pandemic. You were quite busy. They've papered off quite a bit. And we really don't promote them that much. We focus on promoting sauce and repeats more. Um, but yeah, do you want to comment on that? Well, the whole travel thing is a piece of our company that we really want to highlight more. And, um, you know, one, the sauces are global flavors, right? Flavors from the different corners of the world. Um, and then we added in, um, the culinary retreats to Costa Rica and, uh, Italy now. And, um, so we're trying to get some, a lot of cooking content out there for people to see, you know, why do you want to come on a retreat with us? What's the background? You know, I'm former Le Cordon Bleu chef and, mm-hmm. um, and we love to travel. We love to cook. And so um, uh, we're hoping, you know, that content will help people see like, oh yeah, these guys are fun. We want to head out into the world uh, and, and adventure with them. So we, we had a successful, wonderful retreat in Costa Rica last year and we took 21 people down and it was a hot it was branded a hot sauce retreat and uh what we found is that's really niche like really niche <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, so people want to go to Costa Rica but not necessarily to make hot sauce but we did mm-hmm. take 21 people down and everybody created their own recipe um we had a couple classes on sauce making and then they all made and bottled uh, their two bottles of their own, you know, their own hot sauce. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. I think when we talked to you last, you were 
you had your a trip planned and then you couldn't do it because of the pandemic. So it's wonderful to hear that you were able to start that up again because it sounds so fun. And do you and I didn't know you were going to Italy. Is that um are those two future trips all booked up? Like if people are interested, can they still come along with you? Great question. So Italy is booked up because it's happening in just about six weeks, is in September. Oh, cool. Um, so that one, we're only taking 14 people and it's moving forward. We're probably not going to offer hot sauce themed retreats. We just find it really, usually there's one person in a family that's super into hot sauce and everyone else is like, I'm not going to make hot sauce. So we want it to be uh, more culinary and travel focused, more general, uh, the Costa Rica retreat, we just opened it up for bookings like two weeks ago. So we still have a lot of space on that one. And anyone who's interested, we would love for you to check it out. Just go to the website, heyoucanhandle.com. Go to Adventure Food Tours Costa Rica 2024. And it's all right there. And we're going to be adding more videos and, you know, doing stories all the time on um, Instagram and our socials about it. So that's the last week in April. Yeah, it's, sorry, Perfect. April 24th through May 1st. It's eight days, seven nights, all inclusive for $25.50 per person. Just have to get your plane ticket and your passport, and we take care of everything else, all the meals, all the transportation. It's a really fun retreat. Well, and you talked about it a, a little bit last time, I think, um, but are you going to this the same place in Costa Rica where, Matt, you worked there, right, a long time ago? Is that how you're connected to them? That's right, yeah, Kat. Yeah. Yeah, I worked there too for a couple. Oh, of yeah, and um, yeah, I was the head chef there for three seasons, and it's a beautiful spot in the mountains of Costa Rica. It's at forty five hundred feet in the jungle, and um, there the property has uh, about twelve different unique cabins that are just sort of tucked in the environment all around the property. It's super super cool. It's a it's a it's tremendously magical. It's place. on the river. So you're yeah. right by the river and it's near Mount Chiripo, the highest peak in uh, Costa Rica. So it's, we're calling it a cloud forest culinary retreat. We'll go hiking in the cloud forest and spend a day down on the beach and visit the local farmer's market. It's just a really fun way to see Costa Rica. It's kind of, it's definitely off the beaten path. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's really cool. I, I'm glad that you guys are, were able to bring those back and are doing them again. Um, I've, totally scoped out your trip before because i think it seems so fun <laughs> so if people yeah, are interested in going to costa rica you should definitely go check it out it seems like a really we're gonna, gonna do a podcast from come. costa rica <laughs> i know right sarah and i can come along <laughs> we'll hide in your luggage <laughs> well um i want to talk about um where people can get your sauce and where they can find you so you guys do a lot of markets um and you're in a lot of stores too but let's first tell people about um you know what markets and events you got going on yeah absolutely so this year we are officially both now 100 with our own company not working any day jobs so oh yay congratulations <laughs> <laughs> yes it's been exciting um, so we are doing five markets a week this year. So we do, um, let's see, on Saturday, we have two, Salem Saturday Market and Beaverton Farmer's Market. Sunday, Lincoln City. So this is why you see some of the um, camp cooking content this summer. We try our best when as often as we can to take the RV out with us on Sunday to Lincoln City and then stay Sunday night and Monday night camping on the coast. Oh, that's so fun. 
it's really fun. What a cool life. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, we're liking it. Um, and then Tuesday we hit Cannon Beach Farmer's Market and then we circle back. And then Thursday we do McMinnville Farmer's Market. So it's kind of like every other day, a market. Yeah. Um, and then as far as retailers, you want to list off some um, retailers? retailers, of course, locally, uh, New Seasons, Market of Choice, Roths here in the Salem area, Zoo Pans. Um, and then we're in Seattle, uh, we're like QFC and um, what's it, Tacoma Boys. And, uh, and then we are in Ralph's in California. Um, and that's just, uh, that's one of our little trickles. Like a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, and so those are the major retailers. And then, of course, we're in a lot of the smaller farm stores. Some of our favorites, like the Meeting Place um, and Helvetia Farms and uh, Easy Orchards, Easy Orchards Bowman's, down here, Bauman's yeah. Farms. Yeah, we like Willamette well, Valley Pie, a lot yeah, of those. Yeah. yeah, we like all those little guys. It's fun to go and hang out there and do tastings and everything. Yeah. Perfect. Well, it sounds like you have expanded a lot since we talked last. You're doing a lot more markets and a lot more stores. So that's really wonderful. And now, but I mean, I know that that piece is that of that is that you have to do that for it to be your full-time job. You have to kind of be everywhere. That's something whenever people say to me, I see your sauce all over the place. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that's how it has to be for me to have this be my job. <laughs> yeah, we're you know, the part we're working on now this year is um, e-commerce because we've never really done a lot with that or tried to build that up very much. But um, the more we want to travel and and be out and about, the more we want to be able to run the business from anywhere and not have to be. We love the farmer's markets, but, you know, it'd be nice for us to be able to be more mobile. Um, so we are learning all the things about SEO and keywords and blogs and Google ads and, you know, driving traffic. So that's our goal for this year is to kind of get the e-commerce up and running a bit more. Well, and I was going to say too, as you, um, you do a lot of this stuff for your business, but what I always appreciate about you, Catherine, is that you share this information with all of us in the Pacific Northwest, um, packaged food group that we have, um, you're always willing to put out information when people have questions because you learn a lot as you're, you know, building this part of your business. So I always appreciate the information that you share. And I just wanted to remind our listeners because we haven't really talked about the um, Pacific Northwest food group for a little while. Uh, but if you're a maker and you're interested in joining kind of the easiest way to do that is that you can just go to um, Hannah's website. It's, um, hannahcatherinekohlberg.com. And then there's a link to the Pacific Northwest um, Packaged Food Group. But it's a really wonderful place for us to all like build community to help each other out to, um, uh, you know, if anybody has questions or they're stuck or they don't know how to build SEO or or some anything along those lines, it's just a really great place for us to help each other. And I think that you always answer everyone's questions very quickly. <laughs> You're so good at it. <laughs> Testament to how often I'm looking at my phone. Yeah, I'm just glued to my hand. It's there all the time. <laughs> but I do love that group so much. It's such a rich resource. I tell everyone about it who's like starting a food business or something. We're so yeah. grateful. So yeah. we're in the dark for the first three years till we found that group. So it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so too. It's really wonderful. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about all of your flavors because you have some new ones we haven't talked about. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. 
Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard. By providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system, because food brings people together. And we're back. And so you guys, will you tell me your about your new flavors? And let's just talk about your past flavors too. Let's talk about them all. Let's pretend you're at a farmer's market. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I'll, I'll give you the sort of the timeline, I guess. So we started with the Korean bibimbap sauce and a Mexican style guajillo pepper sauce. And so those were the original two. And then two years later, we added in the tamarind, which was a, a big like experiment sauce that came. I, I was just at the store one day. I was like, oh, there's tamarind. I should grab some of that and see what we can come up with. And that one is like our second best seller, that sauce. And uh, then we um, decided to add a couple more that had just a touch more heat uh, to it because uh, we had a lot of customers that asked for some more heat, but we still needed to stay in the heat you can handle uh, realm. So we did a Nashville hot chicken sauce, um, which is our closest, like our most familiar sauce, you know, more vinegar, that uh, tastes like a, a, a yummy Tabasco kind of thing. Um, and then a pineapple habanero, uh, and you know most people know that fruit and habanero is a, a common uh, combo uh, together, and so um, we put one of those together with some roasted garlic in it. And mm -hmm. so those those two are uh, the nationals really become our our most popular sauce. Um, well, and the pineapple. And the pineapple, yeah. yeah. In the uh, summer, everyone loves yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so they've all, uh, you know, we've entered, entered all the uh, awards contests, you know, so they're all award winning, which is fun, you know, to have that. And um, uh, yeah, they're, those are the sauces. We keep bringing up more sauces, like keep introducing some and we do a little R&D and everything. Um, but it's interesting as we are approaching more retailers that um, maybe not having as many skews is better you know they're going to choose your best sellers and so um so we sort of backed away from putting more out there um well yeah. can i comment on that so um as you probably know sarah we work with a co-packer and we love that because it takes the all the time and energy of actually processing peppers and making sauce um, out of what we do every week, as opposed to you guys. I love all your videos where you're like literally making the sauce and it's so beautiful. However, working with a co-packer also limits us because we're running these, it's small batch, relatively speaking, but it's not super small batch. So um, for us to run like a seasonal experimental batch of something fun, just for like a month or two in the summer, it's a big expense for us and mm -hmm. kind of risky. So we kind of, it'd be nice if we also had the option to make smaller seasonal batches, but for now we're just, and then we also get people who say, you should make at least one that's heat you can't handle. And then just <laughs> a version of our sauce. I'm like, that's actually not a bad idea if we added one six flavor, you know, so we'll see, we'll see. I, I need to get my acidified food license. Yeah. Didn't you guys just post a, a class? Yeah, the the Food Innovation Center is doing the Better Process Control School. And so this is good for all of our listeners, too. Um, usually those classes aren't held here. They um, 
you know, back when I originally got my license, um, I did it through online through University of Davis and they and they don't even do that in anymore. Um, but so the Food Innovation Center realized that there was really a need for, for makers to be able to take this class. So there is a class coming up. Um, if you if you look on the um, Food Innovation Center website, there there will be a link for it. I can't remember the exact dates and times, but there is one for sure. And then that makes it so that if you get that license, then you can, you know, produce smaller batches. You have to have an approved kitchen to do it or or you can get your home approved sometimes as well. That's that's what I did in the beginning. But yeah, if people are interested in doing that, it's a good way to do it. So, you know, I I kind of like that ability to do things both ways because, um, you know, I can make a batch of sauce that's maybe just 20 bottles, you know, and I'll just have those 20 bottles for the farmer's market. So I have 27 flavors that are approved through FDA. Um, and sometimes I'll just make, yeah, 12, 24, something like that. Or sometimes I'll make thousands like it's just kind of like whatever whatever is happening <laughs> people who see us at the market like the regular shoppers they want they will like restock up on their guajillo but mm -hmm. they're all like yeah they new and i'm like not today <laughs> so you know yeah maybe we should do that class and then we could do some yeah. fun little one-offs here and there yeah the other thing you could do um because this is what i did sort of in the beginning is that um you know when i was doing a lot of markets and that was happening for me too i i started out with you know, four sauces. Um, but people would come and ask me for new things. And so um, I would just make a monthly market item. That was something that I would sell at the market, but it wasn't shelf stable. So it needed to go in people's refrigerators. And then you don't have to have that acidified food license. Um, things just go in the fridge. You just have to be making it in a place that's approved. So that's sometimes a good way to do something like that. And then uh, that's how I got to having all those recipes for my cookbook, actually. <laughs> so I would just kind of do... Sometimes I do pickles, sometimes I do jam, I would do whatever, but I would just, um, you know, sell it, uh, not shelf stable, just sell it to them to put in their refrigerators. So. Great idea. Talk yeah. 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 I mean, it's not, I, you don't want to do that all the time, probably, because then you, if you don't sell everything, you know, that's why sometimes I'll only make a few because it's like. I don't, I definitely don't want to like have stuff left over. I want to like sell it and, and do something new. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I, I talked about that, Matt, you're, you've been cooking a lot and showing people how to do things. Any favorite recipes of what you've been making with your sauces lately? Well, you mentioned the one that I really love, the, the Nashville bacon. It's like, how can you make bacon better? And so a little yeah. bit of that Nashville on there. And yeah, it looks so good. So good. And if you're at home, like the, my tip is don't cook bacon in the in the pan, put it on a sheet pan, get it in the oven. It, it's just a better end product. And, and that still yeah. oh, so good on the bacon. Mm -hmm. um, but the other one I've been really loving, which is super easy and fast is um, doing the banh mi uh, tacos with um, with you can either do a flatbread or a taco shell. And so you get your griddle all hot. And um, we use uh, so you can use chorizo or uh, just some plain old chicken sausage or turkey sausage or pork sausage, and you get a ball and you put it on the uh, uh, on the griddle and then pour the tamarind sauce over all over the top, and then squish it with the shell down so it's a round patty, and then uh, and just leave it there, let it cook, let it cook, and then you can flip it over and and um, you can at the same time cook some onions and put the caramelized onions over the top and some more of the tamarind sauce 
And meanwhile, shred some carrots and chop some cucumber and some cilantro and and then it comes off the griddle and the, the shell or the flatbread is all crispy from the hot griddle. And then you get the carrots and the and the cucumber and the cilantro on top and jalapeno. And then we take our bibimbap sauce and we mix it with a little mayo and then squirt that over the top. So you get that nice creamy topping on it. And oh, yeah, so that good. sounds so good. I wish that you were here making it for me right now. <laughs> That's the part I miss so much about in studio is that I don't get to try everybody's stuff. <laughs> going to do a reel about that next week. Tamarind is like our featured flavor for August. So um, everything Matt just talked about, you can see it and hear it sizzling uh, next week on our Instagram, but you won't be able to eat it, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, very fun. It's always fun to watch you cook. I also was going to ask you about that griddle that you have, because is it just a piece of like steel, like, and you put it on the coals? Is that how you're doing it when I see you cooking with it? Yeah, yeah. That's a, it's cast iron. It's a lodge, you know, the brand lodge. It's mm-hmm. their, their griddle. So you can go buy that at Fred Meyer or whatever. And, uh, but you could also my one complaint for that for my purposes on, on that is, is it's a little too narrow like it's mm. it's wide but it's narrow i would like a wider piece but i mm-hmm. did order a piece of quarter inch steel just a big plate off of amazon and it was like 15 bucks or something like that and it's just there's no it's it's just a piece of steel yeah and that you could put on the on the uh, flames and uh, it's bigger and uh, so you can you can have really hot even even cooking service and um yeah well cool. well it always looks fun whenever i see you cooking out there and now i i like that um that it's part of your market journey too that you're like going to and from these beach markets and cooking outside and it just seems very fun very cool yeah if you go camping with matt you will eat well that's that's the best part about camping i feel like is um you know being outside of course and then eating outside and cooking like i feel like we just went on this big lake trip and um all i did was like go in the lake and eat and cook food and it was awesome (laughs) you know what like that ties in really well to like the cooking retreats that we're doing Mm -hmm. and and how like a meal like i think everybody can think about a meal that you've eaten somewhere that is unforgettable Mm -hmm. whether it's like the you know in santorini and greece you ate some moussaka there or something or you had this pasta in the back alleyway in in italy or some paella in barcelona or whatever it is like you know we have Maybe the meal at home is like eh, that. If you transferred that meal, it would be okay at home. But because it's in this like amazing spot, it just like imprints in your brain as like this. And that's really like why we want to take people on culinary mm-hmm. journeys. It's just like have these experiences. It's like wow, this is the best meal I ever had. Well, and I think everyone has been missing it so much, and is. Just finally feeling like you know, ready for international travel and ready to go other places, and they've been craving it. And even I haven't, I haven't traveled anywhere internationally yet, but I have traveled a little bit just for different food shows and stuff. Um, but I have been watching the Stanley Tucci show where he goes to Italy and so as soon as I saw you guys were going to Italy I was like oh man they're gonna go live this life that I'm watching it's so fun (laughs) have you guys watched that show at all 
Yeah, a bit. Um, not, I think there's a couple seasons of there's, it. Yeah, there's two. Mm-hmm. You know, all the way through, but um, we're going over a little bit early, four days early to Italy. We happen to have the good fortune to know some folks who own a, a little villa in Tuscany. We're going to go stay in their village with them and try to um, connect the dots so that a future Italy retreat this one that we're going on is going to be amazing. We're staying in a hotel in Prado and doing some sightseeing and food tours and stuff. But we ideally would love to take a group over and just stay in a villa and um, do the cooking classes and visit the village market and make it more of like a um, sit by the village. pool, yeah, drink like, wine, yeah. and some Chianti in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so stay tuned. Is what I'm saying, Sarah. <laughs> cool. I will. This one, yeah. I you you come up always in my feed, so I'll um I'll be watching for sure. So <laughs> so I'll look for that next trip because I've got Italy on my mind for sure. <laughs> well, um, we always you mentioned having a coat packer, and so um we you know we like to talk about that because there's people that are you know a lot of people are that are listening listening to the show are people that are going to start a business or, or in the beginning phases of starting a business. So um, I think we talked about it a little bit before, but um, you know, having a co-packer is like having a relationship with someone. So you have to love them <laughs> and trust them. Um, and do you guys have the same co-packer using the same one you were before? Yeah, we've worked with Paradigm Foodworks and Lake Oswego since 2017. And I will just say um, they've been fantastic in the early stages, I think. And we've talked to a lot of people over the years. It's always going to be a little rocky, like when you start out with any new vendor. And especially when you have a chef who's been making the sauce at home with fresh ingredients and then you're transferring to a co-packer where that's not what they can offer. So that's a little bit of an adjustment. You just have to say like, okay, this is as close as we're going to get to the original flavor of our sauces that we were making in our saucepan in the kitchen. Um, but yeah, yeah. I feel like we have a great relationship. We really do trust them and, and yeah. There's always going to be mistakes and, and you have to roll with the pun- those things as they happen and not freak out too much, but also like be able to communicate the frustrations that you have in a, in a, calm way and and then work with people to try and fix the problem yeah mm-hmm. I think ultimately i think everybody wants to be successful so it's just in a way that you when you face the problems how you handle them and and we could you know you could always go well, i'm going to go to another place you know but the, when you just have to you're going to have the same you have the same thing at any place yeah. right yeah. so yeah 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 so yeah just like a personal relationship. You have to be able to work out the props <laughs> for sure. Talk them out. Uh, and then once you're, once the co-packer makes the sauces for you, do you guys self-distribute? Do you use a distributor? How do you get it from the co-packer to the hands of the people? Sure. Um, it sits one day at the co-packers and then we have it um, shipped by Career Direct over to a warehouse in Northeast Portland where we store all of our product. And then we work with two distributors dpi and crown pacific and then we self-distribute to some stores um we did work with beeline and store there for like the last five years they were fantastic but um, we went to a new warehouse that offers drop ship fulfillment services so that we are no longer packing every single online order mm-hmm. <laughs> by we i mean matt um who was our <laughs> department for the last five years so yeah 
Dirk, Dirk is ours. <laughs> yeah. Um, Easy task. They can, can complete it and feel successful. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so that's how we do it. We self-distribute to a lot of smaller retailers in the Salem Metro, but um, Market of Choice, New Seasons. Now we're just self-distributing to Beeline and then they will send it over there. Um, or no, Market mm-hmm. of Choice, we do the mojo. We take yeah, that ourselves yeah. now. Mm-hmm. So, at Beeline. Yeah, we'll drop so we still there. go to Beeline and drop things off there. Yeah. But then Crown Pacific and DPI will pick up from the warehouse in Portland. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, that, that seems it's, I feel like building the systems always is a little bit complicated in the beginning. And then also it changes. And, and the way that we all distribute, I think, changes over time too. So it's always good to check in with people and see what they're doing. Um, we, we do want to tell people, um, how to find you so if they want to come meet you in person what's the best way to do that well i think i would say the farmer's market right yeah on uh if you want to meet me uh <laughs> you can come to uh beaverton on saturdays yeah uh, from 8 30 to 1 30 and if you want to meet cat mm-hmm. uh, you can come to the salem market uh, from nine to two on Saturdays. Right. And then Matt typically does the, uh, McMinnville and the Cannon Beach. And then we're both usually at Lincoln city. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matt's our market guy. He loves to sell sauce. I love to do marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well, we um, have been asking our guests, what, what do you need from your community? What do you need from all of us listening right now? We would love to have your email address <laughs> so we can grow our email marketing list. <laughs> um, just your passion for exploring food and travel. And I wish we had our YouTube. Well, we do have a YouTube channel called It's Under Heat You Can Handle on YouTube, but there's just not a lot of content there yet. But if you would like to follow us on YouTube, you could get the ball rolling. That would be amazing. I would love to hear what people want to see. What do they yeah. what skill set do they want to develop in the kitchen? And and I would be happily put together videos that are based on those those needs. Okay. Travel. Where would you like to go and eat? A lot of people have told us they'd love to go to Ireland or Iceland. Oh, so oh. Yeah. So um, people that are listening, if you can connect with these guys, I think um, if they want to sign up for your email marketing or your newsletter, do they just go to your website and there's like a tab to sign up? Yeah, Yeah. there's a pop-up that comes up and they can put in their email there. Cool. And then if they want to send you ideas for cooking, Matt, should they just send you a DM on Instagram? Is that a good way to do it? Absolutely. Uh, Chef underscore Matt underscore Kerbis uh, or you can handle um, through there. And you can always contact us through the website as well. Yeah. Awesome. I like to make it as simple as possible for everybody. (laughs) Step-by-step. Okay. Any, this is the final question, but do you have any advice for people that are currently dreaming up a business? There's, the list keep is going, long. Keep <laughs> Follow your passion. I think I, I don't think, quit your day job yet. No, do it. Just do it. Like I mean, not to use that term, but yeah. you know, just do it. Like um, there's so much help out there, and so start your business and start asking questions and find. I mean, all, a lot 
lot of us are at the farmer's market. So just going, I think you could randomly go up to somebody <laughs> with, if you're doing a CPG, if you're doing consumer packaged good, um, that's you, whoever it is at the markets and say, Hey, I'm doing this. What do I do? And I think probably 99% of us will, will say, Oh yeah, I'll help you. I'll out. help you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So people have helped us. We always, if someone asks, I'm like, here's my number, call me. We'll give you all the, like, we'll tell you what we've learned. Cause we just love to help when we can it's it's truly kind of selfish because it's just us talking about us (laughs) (laughs) don't do this (laughs) like don't follow what we did like do it this new way that yeah so yeah yeah Well, it was so great to talk to you both again and see you. And it's been a while since I've seen you in person. I used to, you know, run into you at least a couple of times a year at events and stuff. So hopefully that starts to happen again more. It's been a while since I've seen you. But it was really great to chat with you and connect and hear about all the changes. And I'm so glad that we're both of our businesses are here. We have survived this time and, um, and we're continuing to do our sauce thing. So I think... I'm just happy for that. (laughs) Congratulations to you guys for all of your successes. It's really fun seeing you guys grow. I feel like every time I see you, you're in New York City again at the Heatonist shop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, my brother lives in the same neighborhood. So So when I go to visit him, I go to visit the Heatonist guys. Yeah, they're great people. Wonderful dudes. (laughs) Someday um, we've got the, 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 Tides have to turn or flip so that you and Sarah both get interviewed about you guys because you have a wealth of information that, that's there that we need to hear as well. So you need to be interviewed. That's right. I know. Well, I always think that I, you know, like you said, when people come up at market and ask questions and want to start a business, um, I always kind of direct them to here because I think it is, there's so many great people to learn from. And I try to put in just things that I've learned about my business over time. And Sarah does the same as well. Cause she, you know, she interacts with way more businesses than I do because she's constantly having people come through. And so she also knows all of the things that change over time through like food trends and, um, you know, and, and then like the newest food technology and all of that stuff. So we try to interject those things as people come on the show so that we're also giving listeners advice at the same time. So I hope that that comes through but i know we haven't been we haven't interviewed each other since the very first episode <laughs> that, was a new, that was a little while ago so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well thank you guys for joining me and i hope to see you soon and um we'll do our best to connect everybody to you um thank and your business you. thank, thank you, you so much for having thank us you. thank you we record Masoni and Marshall live every week. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes. Thank you to our audio engineer, Lon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can DM us on Instagram, Masoni and Marshall. We will be back next week, everybody. Thanks for joining. Bye. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.